टू वन वे लाइफ व्हाट्सअप ब्रो व्हाट्सअप मैन गुड इवनिंग ब्रो आई फील लाइक फाइनली वी माइट जस्ट बी एबल टू लाइक पब्लिश दिस वन we and, we we are <laughs> approaching streamline consistency yeah. <laughs> yeah i feel like it's a it's very um asymptotical like you know the first few times when we did this we were so bad and you could see such a huge difference and such a huge change in how we were speaking we we have like a funny uh system also like i love how this like this call at like there is like a bunch of like strings that are attached in specific places where like just yeah. to make this work out it's so nice also to see the subs logo on this man <laughs> <laughs> i like it man i like the i, I like the subs yeah. logo i'm just glad also you have finally got a recorder it feels like man now. it's so much more convenient man you have no idea yeah. i like i j- <laughs> it's unreal like i had to do like 11 things if i mm. have to plug in a mic to my laptop but mm. literally it's just it's just the mic and i'm talking into it and i'm mon- monitoring myself and you're on the other earphone i feel like now you're light years ahead of me in terms of production <laughs> now because like now you not only have a much better recorder you have a stand dude i need to really get the that uh, dead cat the windscreen mm, no but recorder. with this i didn't get a dead cat i got like one of those foam heads I'm still using a sock. <laughs> I, need to, I need to up my game. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, let's roll the intro. Sup, you beautiful bastards. Hope you've had a fantastic day. What? Let's just jump into it. Hey guys. Hey, what is up guys? Hello internet. Hey, how's it going, friends? Hello internet. What's up guys? It's Hey, Luke. brother. Good morning, John. Good morning. Hey, it's Tuesday. What's up everybody? Hey, how's it going? Let's get started. If you want to find the videos we talk about, all the links will be in the show notes. We will also be compiling all the videos we talk about on this episode into a playlist that you can find on our YouTube channel. You will know if a video is added into our show notes if you hear this pop sound in this episode. You can also find all the videos on our website, which is kota dot design slash podcast. That is k o t a dot design slash podcast to view all the videos. Subscribe to our YouTube channel to get regular updates about the Substation podcast. Uh, yeah, I think we have. <laughs> I feel like this time we have a lot to say because I think a lot has happened this week. Not just in terms of like videos that are really interesting to watch, but YouTube drama and YouTube news and things going on. Just a, a lot in the YouTube universe. Yeah, let's dive into the first one because today that YouTube Rewind video came out. Hmm. Um. How, what I mean, what were they thinking? <laughs> <gasps> man th- what i felt was they were not thinking it just goes to show you like it represents youtube as a company where mm. youtube is this platform where creators can come and it's like this is how diverse it is okay look at look at youtube it's so diverse that two guys love it so much that they they're like willing to make like a whole podcast about it that's how mm. diverse it, it is okay and then this content like facilitator or like con- content platform like a global platform on the scale of youtube comes up with this it's so ironic how shitty youtube rewind is compared to like <laughs> the amazingness of youtube itself like it just shows you how bad things are for that i don't know i don't know maybe maybe it's not how bad things are it's just maybe more of how they don't know too much about content <laughs> yeah what you said is right cuz YouTube itself doesn't make YouTube videos apart from this one yeah, yeah. <laughs> video every year it just shows you how much they don't understand about content or like the kind of content there is on YouTube like narrative just like coherence hmm. everything man so like i felt so bad man i was legitimately sad okay so there's a few points in that which are really irritating and really disappointing to see hmm. i feel like when youtube rewind started off i mean it was fun it was quirky everyone liked it and stuff like that and it really did showcase the platform as a whole i mean not not obviously all the creators and you know but it it was it was nice it was it was like a it was like one of those year in reviews you know like just like a nice thing to for everyone in the community to feel like oh we're all one we're all like one big family 
So it just shows you like, okay, these are the noteworthy things that happened over the year. And just to see them sequentially, it's just like a nostalgic thing down like, okay, this is what happened. To, to speak about like year in review, YouTube didn't start that. It was actually Google which started the year in search. And yeah, before, yeah. I think in 2006, they started it or 2005 and it was called Zeitgeist at that yeah, point. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did a really good job. And I feel like the idea got carried on to YouTube. As as YouTube obviously expanded into like a much, much more relevant platform. Yeah. And I feel like the 2014 one, I, I kind of liked it. Do you remember the one where PewDiePie... Uh, starts off the video and it's uh, turned down for what and then ah, things go down over there was that was that the Gangnam Style one no 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 Gangnam Style was two years before that Gangnam Style oh. was the one which started it off Gangnam Style is the first uh, I'm only asking you this because that's the only one I remember I definitely don't remember the one where PewDiePie oh. man I'm I'm like a recent uh, addition to the nine-year-old army <laughs> of PewDiePie's audience <laughs> Uh, I think uh, then 2015, it was it was just slowly starting to get worse. 2016 was horrible. Oh, <laughs> then 2017 was worse. It was so bad that I haven't even watched it. <laughs> like... Then it it kept. So that's the problem. It keeps getting worse. Okay, so there's a few things in this video which kind of makes the point which everybody was commenting about under this video and why people were disliking with this video is that they are shunning or they're hiding a lot of creators and a lot of news and a lot of content that was created on YouTube for God knows what. Like the Logan Paul brothers one there, Shane Dawson was in there in this video. I mean, if you asked somebody, you know, what was the biggest things that happened on YouTube, I would say... Those were the things, like you know, man. D series PewDiePie, like D series PewDiePie. <laughs> you cannot PewDiePie didn't that. no, and 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 PewDiePie didn't show up last year either, and that was a man, huge. Man, so many, so many of the people were like, we want YouTube Rewind 2018 to start with uh, PewDiePie saying he like claps twice. I'm not going to do it for the sake of the listeners, and says meme review, and that would have been the most most epic. Like I would have had like a tear in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your <laughs> review, <laughs> you know. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been beautiful, man. No, man. I I think you told me this in the evening. Ha, huh? there's a, the YouTube review is out, and then we need to record. And I was like, "Acha, I need to go and watch it." I hmm. watched like 15 seconds, and I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't go through, man. I was just like, "No, this is." I don't know how. It is like so cringy. It's so bad. The problem is just the vibe of the people. You know, it just feels like this surreal. Like Ninja looks back, and he's like, "Are you guys ready?" And MKBHD also like just the way, like just the aura of the people in it. It just feels so fake. And like, they're like pseudo excited, like, oh my God, like, oh, you know, let's do this. And Will Smith starts it and he's like, oh, we want Fortnite and I want MKBHD. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, like, this is so cringy, man. This is, this is, you couldn't have done it worse. I feel like um, if aliens had to like mimic, you know, if they had to mimic, you know, what what the world is listening to, oh, we should make content. And they just got like a few plastic dolls that could move. It's not even aliens, dude. I'm telling you what it is, okay? It's like if YouTube was a kid and YouTube's parents had to make like this video about like they're, you know, they're proud of their son and they want to make like this, like just like a happy, like family video. Like they're going to show it to the relatives. Like, oh, look, look at like what our son did this year, this past year. So they don't want to talk about the controversial <laughs> shit. They don't want to, they, they don't want to show their kid in a bad light. They want to be like, oh, it, it was all good. It was all fun. It was just games and people dancing and stuff. We don't want to talk about all this like real shit. I mean, YouTube is a content platform but they don't they're a company so they they have to look at like you know what is the software what is the algorithm like they have a lot of like company corporate stuff to deal with the business of everything how to like lure advertisers and stuff so they don't really give a shit they don't really give a shit about oh like this new video was i mean i'm sure some of the employees give a shit about like new like viral things that they like but they don't pay attention to most of this. But speaking of which, I don't think this was made for the public. Now, especially. Because maybe mean? it was. Um, I'll link in the show notes. The uh, There's a article made by The Verge where 
when you th- look at it from that perspective it makes total sense why they're doing this and why exactly this thing is made exactly the way it is this is not made for you and me or the creators it's made for advertisers it's oh. made for corporates <laughs> to see this and be like oh you you're helping me maybe read we should put our <laughs> yeah maybe maybe we should put our money over here oh look at these amazing mm. creators and no controversy at all. like literally right it's it feels <laughs> like, like showing they're showing rewind in like meetings and stuff like oh welcome yeah. to this new advertising platform <laughs> precisely i honestly they might just be showing you know <laughs> this you rewind youtube video in corporate meetings because another thing which crossed my mind is th- these guys are a bloody video platform why are they making a video why can't they just edit and just take videos that these creators have made oh. and then just edit it into a supercut i have been thinking about this for the past 3 years and i do not understand why can't they do that it's much less productive and it's much more like it would be better and it would be much more appropriate to what youtube is Yeah cuz it's made by the creators the creators are the ones yeah. who created the video and they have the skills they have the skills to do, to do it right you know like yeah and legally these guys own all of the content as well as a platform they can use it however they want yeah yeah so then i don't i really don't understand why don't they just do that <laughs> honestly if this is happening at this point in the year i'm going to put like an alarm for next year and i'll do a supercut video right and then i will release it at the exact same time you know rewind youtube comes out and i'll be like the real there, there are already there are already some of those videos like there's just people who have made supercuts of like all of the things that were actually viral in the last year and they've just mm-hmm. made i mean obviously like it would be awesome if youtube did that and they like you know emailed all of the same people that were there and rewind and say okay we're making like a rewind thing this is the idea so you recorded for us and you can do whatever you like these are like our guidelines and go go have fun with it but these mm-hmm. videos that have been uploaded are just like random people saying okay this is how it should have gone and they're like just recycling stuff that is pre-recorded like from the past year yeah and i just feel like no matter what kind of edit they do it will be better That's yeah. the video they just yeah. made. No matter what they do, uh, I think we should move on to the next one video, or not video, but it's it's a whole drama which has been going on for <laughs> God knows how long. Maybe it's what like three months, two or three months. I I I don't know exactly. I don't like your T series. Nothing personal, kid. But I must go all out. Just this once. The yeah. suspense is killing me man like I just want <laughs> I just want this shit to end like from the perspective of both of us we're like we're deeply invested in YouTube as a platform rather than just using it to you know like play a song or like to find a tutorial so for us to like see this drama unfold because I Kota doesn't really watch uh, PewDiePie and I've been following PewDiePie I think for the last like conservatively I would say like 6 months and hmm. I've been enjoying the subscription and for someone like me who I'm an Indian to be witnessing this is just the most bizarre ironic situation that I've ever seen so how did this how did this start like how did no- i think at some point in november or september mm-hmm. even i could say all these articles started coming out that people had given like estimates like i think the first estimate was late november like and these articles were coming out le- let's say in like early november they were saying that in late september this new channel called t series which is basically this uh, production company in india is going to take over PewDiePie as the number one most subscribed channel on YouTube. And subsequently obviously PewDiePie started addressing this and you know it became like it it became like sort of this fun thing for him. But November came, we went past uh, like late November and T-series didn't overtake uh, PewDiePie and after that it just started becoming into this like it started snowballing and it became like this almost like community driven <laughs> like drive to make sure that a big corporate company that is because there are some really big 
content creators in India, but not big enough to be on like a global platform where like people from the EU or the US like know about them. So all of the like, the okay, let's say like mostly Western YouTube community wanted to make sure that T-Series does not take over PewDiePie. And it's led to some of the most entertaining YouTube drama that I've ever seen. There are like random YouTubers like just buying out billboards in their city. I saw one guy in Chennai also who's bought like billboards in his city. So it's just saying like subscribe to PewDiePie, buy his merch and shit. And it's just so, it's so sweet to me because like I don't think either of us give a shit about T-Series. Like we probably (laughs) hate them more than most other people who don't even, have never even heard about them. I feel like nobody expected this drama to escalate to such an extent i feel like i feel like when that guy who first posted that video where he bought a bunch of billboard videos and ads in urinals and newspaper ads and like (laughs) i think that i think that was mr beast yeah mr beast's video and uh he bought like a bunch of ads just saying that subscribe to pewdiepie and then from there one guy hacked into printers and it printed like how many 1300 800,000 vulnerable printers but they only targeted 50,000 in order to test if this would actually work (laughs) my god so just short of 50 case printers were affected so this guy hacked into 50,000 printers and those printers printed out prints saying please subscribe to PewDiePie and unsubscribe from T-Series. Yeah. And I feel like it it just kept like nobody expected like PewDiePie to last for so long. And yeah, um, there, there was, I think recently there was a point where there was just a 40k uh, difference between them. And then yeah. it shot up to like 400,000 or something. Whoa. It's just the suspense I, is killing me, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think in the middle, it got so intense that people were commenting and dissing not just T-Series, but India as a whole. And yeah, he yeah. then... Um, that was just funny. Was that was just yeah, funny. And he just, and he just like uh, donated some money to the organization Cry, which apparently I saw it said he donated 1.6 crores like that's what? converted from dollars yeah rupees so like, 1.6 crore rupees that's insane which is a lot <laughs> <laughs> which just shows how much this drama is actually worth and yeah i don't know like i feel like this is just gonna keep going on until i think t-series um you know what do, what do you think what, what do you think is happening at the t-series offices man do, do you think they're like watching these videos or like i feel like they do care like there's some like chief executive <laughs> like guy who's just like enjoying this like he's just eating popcorn and watching the live stream two things okay I feel like there's one bottle of champagne which they were about to open and they were like, Are yaar, we fuck this, this year's PewDiePie again got us. Like, and I feel like they'll keep doing this for a while. Bro, he's gotten, like some of these statistics are insane, dude. He's gotten something like, something along the lines of either 4 million or 6 million subscribers in 6 weeks. Which makes him the fastest growing <laughs> channel in like that amount of time ever. Whoa. Yeah, I feel like wait, wait, what was you interrupt me again, man? Uh, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, and second is the fact that the amount of attention T series has gotten because of all of this drama is also something to be noted and recognize that you know they're also benefiting off of this drama because mm-hmm. I mean I wouldn't, you wouldn't have known, none of both of us wouldn't have known that. T-Series was about to surpass PewDiePie because <laughs> even though we both are Indians, we don't subscribe to T-Series, man. Like, and no, we never will. I don't, think, I don't think we fall in the average demograph of uh, T-Series' audience. And I saw another video by this channel called Colin and Samir where hmm. they showed why, why T-Series and why... India or because India is such a big population and all of that. But why is the YouTube scenario of India so scattered? Why is it that the most subscribed YouTube channel in India is T-Series? It's because we were not early adopters of the YouTube platform, you know. So when YouTube started off, there was a fair amount of good competition between 
creators small creators at that yeah time. like small creators like actual people with webcams and cameras and stuff making their own videos while those kind of creators never came from india and the people who started you know creating content in india were these like production companies and not just that i feel like the indian market wasn't used to consuming any other kind of content apart from these studios and television shows and yeah yeah music videos and things like that we've spoken about this earlier where we spoke about like the internet penetration in india and how fast it's increasing where a country yeah. that is only very recently getting very rapid a- access to platforms like youtube because we are the last time i checked we were around at uh, something like 30% uh, penetration when it comes to smartphones so hmm. we could say that most of the people who have smartphones have access to the internet and hmm. the estimate is that somewhere in 20 in the early 2020s we will hit like a respectable level of penetration where it's going to be like 70 to 90% let's say like conservatively 2025 and by the time we reach there there is a gap when it comes to curated content like there is for every other country or at least english speaking countries for them to consume content that is from their country or relevant to their country or just generally content that they would understand and be able to consume like why are there so many views on t series channel because th- they're all songs that people know and in india bollywood is a fucking big industry people care a lot about bollywood and mm. that is why that is why there there's no other individual creator creating like covers of like you know insane covers of bollywood songs i'm sure if that existed it would be an instant success you know but no i feel like the the argument that you made about the number of people who are just getting access to the internet right now in india is growing and that is why that's that has a direct correlation to t series becoming so popular mm. but i feel it goes way beneath that and it's it's a lot more rooted in the fact that india as a country never consumed this kind of content never consumed you know a youtube creators hmm. yeah, content yeah. for so long that's exactly long. what i'm saying right there's a, there is a gap and that gap yeah. like basically what i'm saying is it's a very good time to be an indian youtuber if you're going to create content for indian primarily i, I feel like people are just getting the internet on mobile i mean on their phones at this point of time but go back 8 years right and go back to like 2010 as well forget 2010 go back to like 2012 we weren't watching anything made by an indian youtuber there was no great indian youtuber yeah, at that yeah. time there wasn't no such thing as a popular indian youtuber and yeah. only now are we starting to see that when we're, we're, we're starting to see that and we i mean especially with this t series thing we're beginning to see the potential of this uh, audience we have mm. the numbers man china is the most populous country in the world and they do not have a free internet we are the second largest population in the world we will probably overtake china in 2025 optimistically hmm and at that time we will be one of the best uh sort of countries because we have the numbers we have you know we have the internet penetration we have the biggest population and we have a free internet at least for mm. now It's one of the mm. best places to be a content creator who's primarily focusing on internet videos or any kind of online content for that matter. I would take that statement with a pinch of salt. And the reason is because of production companies like T-Series because they have gone so far ahead and the consumers who are switching from a television based platform into an internet video based platform like youtube their content is still the same and so there isn't a change in terms of the kind of content that we hmm. we're taking in it and, I, like and, and i'm i'm taking aware. yeah and i'm taking take my parents for that for that matter or take a lot of elders also for that matter right and i would also say take a lot of people in our age they don't go to youtube to see youtube subscribers the way you and i do they're not going to you know youtube channels and then watching it they're just going and then seeing what's on the home page and then the home page will just show them you know the latest 
soap opera that they have been watching and for for that matter it doesn't even mean youtube they just they're going to facebook they're going to they're going to netflix out of all places right because they're used to watching movies and tv shows on the television now they're watching movies and tv shows on netflix that hasn't changed so i feel like the the population and the percentage of people in india who are watching creators but okay when i mean creators i mean individual small time non production like when i mean non production i mean not even a company kind of creator we are not watching that none of us are watching that there are a few yeah. channels obviously like technical guruji and you know a lot of cooking channels i have seen who have like skyrocketed but apart from that like who's who's the indian vlogger man nobody you know i i i know one <laughs> I mean he's he's at just the beginning he's at 2 million subscribers but there's this guy called mm-hmm. Mumbaiker Nikhil and he's ah. decent I I enjoy I sometimes enjoy his videos man Yeah and and I feel like most of the people who are creating content are these um comedy based videos let's see though like web what, series what, what, what. Yeah web series and things like that let's see what happens To be honest there have been small time production companies which blew up because of youtube i'm i can think of being indian or hmm. um or, or you can like, also say all india bakchod for that matter you know they <laughs> have become giant giant production companies just because not not just because but a, like a huge contributor to that was youtube yeah having access to a platform like youtube where you can upload content that is completely independent of your like public performances and stuff Yeah. just for for like a comedy company in general mm. great anyway let's see let's see when this whole drama actually gets over i don't think this yeah. drama is going to get over it's good for everyone i feel <laughs> no i i honestly predict t series will surpass pewdiepie in terms of subscription count for like a day and then hmm. suddenly pewdiepie <laughs> subscription it'll just like boost back on top some they, they will do the next greatest thing when it comes to feats that youtube audiences have accomplished over the years they'll do some other next level shit man basically yeah uh okay so let's move to i mean one of the craziest tech videos which i have seen um it's by the one and only <laughs> fkb okay so you may have been following over the last 2 weeks or so i've been doing a giant blind smartphone camera test so not four phones not five not 10 We've done this huge bracket style showdown with 16 phone. Fuck dude that guy's so good at just making videos. Oh my god. You say exactly what what went because I think you were also participating in it. Would you say? Yeah, I I think I saw the uh the polls. He basically started off this whole thing or one one day randomly because he doesn't really use Instagram stories too much. he just posted a bunch of stories saying okay like i'm doing this massive blind camera camera comparison and mm. there were 16 phones so from like a to like p or something and he just had like multiple slides where you can choose and all of them are the same picture and you can just choose like top or bottom so it's like essentially like a side by side comparison for like there were eight matches 16 phones and then there were semi finals and finals and stuff that's that's how he essentially went, went about it so it was like a truly crowd sourced uh, like unbiased choice of like what kind of pictures do does the general public prefer and did he just do these polls what on instagram or like What is so he did them on Instagram stories and Twitter polls, but I think oh. Instagram stories had much more engagement. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So once he did the polls, like, like, what did he do? Like, did he just? So the polls happened, hmm. and then it came down to the finals. It was just like the last two phones, and then he said, "Okay, now look, look forward to the video that he uploaded." I think like four or five days after the whole like voting began. and then mm-hmm. he uploaded to my like i i was joyous when i saw his upload and it was like a 19 minute video i think around <laughs> and i was like yeah. yes like he's going to go and i wanted him to do that i wanted him to go in depth on like you know which camera won which camera like where, what happened where so i'm just going to go through <laughs> so there were phones from a to p was i right i think i said p only so there's yeah, p. 
um the palm phone which is like the mini phone the mate 20 razer 2 oneplus 60 v40 pixel 2 iphone 10s blackberry pixel 3 p20 pro hydrogen what is it called hydrogen 1 moto z2 note 9 u12 plus iphone 10 and poco phone so it's like a good mix of like phones that were in the media not necessarily for the camera some really bad ones like obviously the top 5 which is like pixel 3 pixel 2 iphone 10 uh note and i guess the s9 series has the same camera as the note so that's like samsung is represented but then blackberry like blackberry went up until the semi finals man yeah <laughs> like it beat the 10s it beat the v40 and then finally the mate 20 beat the blackberry <laughs> like And in the first round the 10s is knocked out the pixel 2 is knocked out the OnePlus 60 is knocked out my god pixel 3 is knocked out like what are you saying man i feel in terms of brackets and in terms of round 1 hmm. this is by far the worst round the craziest sure. round you could ever have cuz like you said the most well known smartphones and the most expensive smartphones and the smartphones which honestly have the best cameras all lost the pixel 3 lost the iphone 10s lost so when he did the palm and the mate 20 i was like okay then mm. he did razer 2 and oneplus 60 and i'm like ha huh? and then <laughs> v40 and pixel 2 and no, i'm like no razer 2 razer 2 and oneplus 60 i was still like okay because oneplus has never been known for like great cameras they no good. but razer 2 is honestly disgusting like it's bad <laughs> right and then v40 and pixel 2 then it got personal i was like v41 no but v40 again v40 i'm not okay pixel 2 was at one point the best camera the whole of 2017 everyone said pixel 2 is the best camera on any smartphone but at the same time people were reviewing the v40 and they said yeah it, it's cool it has like a wide angle it has like a i normal... don't care what you say pixel 2 is better than the v40 <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and to pixel 2 is honestly pixel 2 is honestly better than any other phone out there apart from the pixel 3 i um, would say i would say the pixel 2 and pixel 3 are basically the same like camera. they're extremely similar right They didn't change yeah, too much when same. it came to the Pixel Three. The Pixel Two camera and the Pixel Three camera, in terms of sensors, is the same. The same lens. Mm, it's everything mm, mm, is the same. It's they just use wow. the same sensor. But yeah. then, like 10s got beaten <laughs> by BlackBerry. I feel like that was the most cringiest part. I was yeah. just like, yeah, man, you couldn't. No, and couldn't just have just gone just worse. look at E E to F. Okay, V40 beats Pixel Two. BlackBerry yeah. beats 10s. Then BlackBerry beats V40. What? <laughs> you man <laughs> fuck you make like make me feel a little better like fuck yeah and and uh, uh, honestly look at like o and p look at the poco phone do it like poco phone yeah man yeah. poco phone went to the finals <laughs> that was the best <laughs> no but yeah. poco phone also because it's an mi like it's a me phone it's a xiaomi mm. phone mm. where in 2018 if you even if you buy like 30 like a phone for 30k or if you buy like a phone even for like 20k you're mm. going to get like a de- decent camera unless you buy like a really off brand random chinese phone you're going to get like a decent camera it's not going to be trash and the poco phone's camera is decent not at, like it's not even in the same league as iPhone 10 but we come to why why all of this happened was exposure and i don't mm. think even marquez was like thinking about how this is going to go what are the attributes of a photograph that people are going to favor and it is exposure and colors i feel not a little after color. exposure yeah but after I, exposure I, it would be like color right yeah people tend to prefer like warmer a little more saturated punchier images over like flatter cooler images i mean he, the fact that he did all of this on instagram as well as twitter which is two places which have a lot of compression when it comes to image quality because hmm. they need to make it a, a really really small sized image in terms of the amount of megabytes it takes you know cuz they are mm. dealing with so many images right? yeah, so they yeah. have some hectic amount of compression done on these images yeah and the fact that this was done on instagram and twitter proves the point that at the end it doesn't matter cuz maybe <laughs> you will see your image on a 4k display or some shit like that but a large sum of images are seen on these two platforms especially instagram right cuz 
Instagram yeah. is made for images and the fact you that you could kind of say exclusively Instagram I mean photos yeah. on Twitter is just for like context you know but Instagram it's front and center yeah it's it's just images and that proves the point like people basically just care about exposure yeah. you know they don't want to see an underexposed image i i feel like what contributed a lot to the results of this test and what becomes more relevant when it comes to tests like these is the relevance of computational photography like it's become so much mm. uh, so much more of a player when it comes to like portable smartphone mobile photography because mm. stuff like the 10s and the king of the hill the pixel 3 what they're trying to do is they're trying to preserve as much data in the photo as they can so if it means underexposing a little bit but when you underexpose a little bit you preserve the highlights a little better you lose a little bit in the shadows but you can get back that information like it's in photography it's always better when you're shooting on a cam like let's say i'm shooting on my camera and i'm shooting in raw it's mm. mu- it's a much better idea for me to underexpose because when i take that file and i put it onto my computer mm. i can raise the highlights i can raise the entire exposure yep. of the image and i can retain those details that might have been like crushed in the shadows or you know they they're kind of lost initially But yep. if if I my image yeah. if my image is overexposed I can't get though I can I can't uh access that information it just wasn't captured so even when it comes to the pixel 3 for example it's a much better strategy for the for the camera to always underexpose a little bit and then in post if you're editing it and you want your image to you know have a little brighter effect you can do that yep what you said was exactly how I feel the pictures even looked on the tennis and the pixel 3 i don't remember seeing the pixel 2 for this one mm. uh okay take the tennis for that matter right because he showed it for for quite a bit of time don't you think it looked like a c log kind of image what or what yeah like a log footage like an ungraded like an ungraded yeah. image yeah so you know like when when huge video production companies or even if you think about that even marquez does the same thing MKBHD mm. does the same thing which is when you're shooting in raw or when you're shooting for a film or a video for that matter where you know you can color grade and change and tweak a lot of things in post on mm. you know premiere pro or photoshop or lightroom if you're doing either video or, or photo uh, you would basically make it as less saturated as possible as less contrast as possible and i think as less of a color dynamic range as possible because once you do that you can capture as much data as possible to then edit your shot in post to color grade it and to expose it in the perfect way you want it to look and i felt like the iphone 10s did that you know as a picture it looked like that yeah. uh, i don't know whether that's a good thing or not because like i i would say i would say the pixel 3 doesn't really do that it definitely gives you a flatter image when you compare it to let's say like a samsung note 9 note 9 will choose to over process the image to give you an image that is ready for you to do whatever you would like to share you know you want to yeah. share it on instagram and stuff pixel 3 still gives you a little bit of space but it's still doing a lot of post processing to make the image right out of the camera look pleasing but the iphone yeah. is the lowest when it comes to that like they're giving you the most amount of flexibility and even me like i had a oneplus 3t for the longest time and then i got the 10r and initially i really didn't like i mean it was undoubtedly a much much better camera than the oneplus but mm-hmm. because i was used to the way the images would turn out after shooting on my oneplus i was a little bit weirded out by how the images were coming on my 10r it was just weird yeah. like they had like this really weird effect where the image felt a little fake because everything is preserved there there are no blown highlights unless i'm pointing directly at the sun or like a light source and there are no like crush shadows even when i'm like in a situation where there's a lot of like light and shadow happening but i realized that they are they're trying to maintain like a happy medium between being like as flat of an image that you can be while at the same time not giving you an image that is like boring you know because mm. they want to cater to both kind of customers i feel like they're favoring the photographers more in this re- most recent uh phone release and like ios release 
because they're giving you flatter and flatter images which means that they want you to work with the images more after you take them mm-hmm. but there are so many people who are they don't give a shit about editing right they just want to post like stories on instagram yep. i don't know computational photography is a big deal and it's changing the smartphone photography industry whether we like it or not okay let's move to the next one yeah so yeah i want to talk about um something which happened on spacex this time we currently have an unbelievable view of cape canaveral uh from the bird's eye view it is absolutely amazing i've been at cape canaveral for these landings before where you can feel those sonic booms in your chest it is just so exciting along the space coast Stage one transonic. Man, honestly, this SpaceX thing is such a bittersweet failure. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> that's why. I it's love it. a, it's it's the best kind of failure. A little backstory to all of this. So every time SpaceX launches a rocket, they live stream the launch, and along with many other people who are live streaming it. were watching it yeah 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 a lot of people are live streaming it but they are the ones who it's like the official live yeah, stream yeah 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 which other companies can use the other media can use the footage and things like that right hmm so i think i've watched a few of their live launches i have watched every launch that they've ever done post the launched i eventually watch it and not live like live live the falcon heavy i watched live and i think the first time it landed i watched it live um on of course i still love you the payload i mean sorry the the lander on sea the first time they did that that that's when i watched it live this one i watched like half an hour after it launched so immediately while i was while i was watching it it's the it's the general thing it, it, you have the lift off then they make max max speed and then max acceleration and then they deploy the capsule and then it basically flips around this time they got a good good shot and you could see the cold thrusters like maneuvering it and then like going back then the boost back burn was great and also this time you could see cape canaveral florida at the back and all of that really nicely hmm then suddenly this thing just starts like rotating super fast okay and immediately i was just like dude what the fuck is going on and then suddenly um they just cut the footage and mm. the number of dislikes on that video was so much cuz like me Shit. there were a bunch of people who were fucking pissed at the fact that we couldn't see what was going on when it was landing when when it was <laughs> descending back to earth because honestly that's the most interesting part of the launch you know is when yeah. the launchers land back on land upright intact you know that's hmm. th- that's that's super awesome to see and we didn't get to see that and as it felt like spacex was being a dick by just like not showing it you know as soon as something was going wrong it felt like they were not showing it or some shit like that a few hours go by and then spacex released their final statement elon musk re- i mean re- i mean <laughs> elon is tweeting statement. meanwhile <laughs> yeah elon is tweeting like as usual i honestly think he should stop fucking tweeting honestly, <laughs> uh, anyway leave it uh so he tweeted that you know there was some uh, problem with uh, grid fins and things like that and then the video came out of it actually landing uh, doing a soft landing on water and that looked beautiful i was just like oh my it, it it honestly if it wasn't for a great landing this would have been the perfect video cuz even though it didn't land on the of course i still love you that that's the official name of that um, platform huh which is at sea hmm. uh, even though it didn't land on that because it intentionally didn't do that so that it saved that uh, the landing uh, pad yeah. it landed on sea so quietly upright and then just tipped <laughs> over and then like poof just like landed so gracefully i was like oh my god this is so good and then mm. um there's this is one guy i've seen a bunch of his videos uh his name is the everyday astronaut which is he basically if mkbhd is like the guy for tech this guy is one of those guys who just talks about space 
and it's great mm. he just like goes so in depth about you know every launch every satellite that's going around and i mean of course spacex as well so he explained um pretty well actually what exactly went wrong which was the the grid fins at the bottom using the aerodynamic pressure when you're re-entering the atmosphere they maneuver the rocket uh you know towards the landing gear hmm. they basically steer one, it with drag yeah and one of them the the piston just basically got stuck the hydraulic piston just got stuck <laughs> it, it it was just like rotating like super super fast um and somehow even after all of that it still managed to land like perfectly it was just landed on water perfectly yeah and this just this just shows how well it just shows it just shows you how to fail man yeah the, i don't think i've ever seen anyone fail this good <laughs> like how do how does elon do it man is it because <laughs> the solution to the problem is always obvious like the solution is okay how do we make space travel easier we start reusing lock, rockets like how we've always seen in science fiction and b- mm. by virtue of the fact that our rockets are reusable and that is a choice like a design choice that he's made because of logic does it make the failure less drastic because the the launcher is designed in a way for it to do this multiple times that it's not going to like you know catastrophically come down and just like explode and you know cause like mass destruction and shit like you know how we used to watch like when a spaceship crashed like let's say in the 90s 90s or like in the early 2000s it would be like a catastrophe man it's like a giant explosion there's just like jet propellant just like bursting the fuck out everywhere this just like gracefully like went to sleep you know and it's just floating there and it'll probably be reused sometime in the future yeah no and f- forget the 90s and space shuttle and all of that man like spacex has released a video of it's just a montage of all of their landing failures I've ever done and it's mm. titled how not to land a rocket it's amazing it's it's a it's a <laughs> beautiful video and they've like timed all of the explosions perfectly to the music and all that it's it's a great video but even in terms of spacex like failures that has happened and there's been a bunch of them and some of them they really didn't understand what was going wrong and all that but compared to all of those this has been one of the best failures that you could get because a is it's intact <laughs> b they immediately knew what the problem was and c it's a very easy problem to understand that okay it's a fixable problem because the hydraulic press uses a pressurized gas to to control and then something went wrong in that so then they were just like ha huh, we just make another pressurized system for backup like such a simple solution <laughs> and like it is a great problem to get to know in in this kind of thing and also the whole the, the fact that this thing is still reusable um a lot of things will still be reusable like the grid fins like the fuel tank that they used inside none of the parts have like broken to pieces and all that so that's great and i feel like we we have talked about the biggest part of this entire thing that the mission itself was successful man yeah like it's <laughs> yeah. so it's such a good fa- failure that the the rocket went it has dropped all the supplies in uh, like the international space station all of that has gone great it's just the the fuel tank that came down and it didn't even get destroyed it just had like an imperfect landing so i remember when the the lander first landed on the landing pad on water not on cape canaveral florida mm-hmm. on land land itself but on the landing pad in what on water he basically said elon musk basically said spacex wants to do this so often that when we succeed it doesn't make it in the news but then when it fails it does make it in the news <laughs> and i feel like he's reached it man because they've had multiple like launches because i've been watching them and it's pretty frequent and yeah. you know once in two weeks or something he's releasing a rocket which is unheard of 
from any company like yeah, even yeah, nasa can can uh, even the soyuz rocket do- doesn't come close to that right and so he has such a good track record that now when it fails when the landing phase but the project actually reaches um, the international space station that's when we talk about it and the news talks about it it's yeah, i mean i'm just very glad that's the thing right he he's just doing space travel like it should like even if you're sp- yeah. even if you fuck it up your priority should the mission is the main part right and just yeah. because you're like removing redundancies it just makes everything better you're not like wasting resources and stuff i felt so good to see that that thing just land so softly yeah. it was called a soft landing but honestly it landed so softly <laughs> but, yeah uh yeah let's move on to oh man i feel like the most grim part of Almost podcast. to the point where I don't even know how to talk about this or like how how do we even approach this man because it's so incredibly sad. <laughs> like, do you watch gamers or film criticism channels? Have you ever laughed at a meme, SpongeBob, Thanos, or otherwise? Do you have a Twitter or Tumblr account? Have you ever used anything from Imgur, Jiffy, or Giffy, depending on how you pronounce it? Are you one of those people who long for the old days of YouTube when the big media companies weren't on the platform? I am sure between all of those questions, I am talking to a huge chunk of you. And if I am, then pay very close attention to today's episode because a huge percent of the content that you currently watch and share online is on the chopping block, including this show and game theory and GT Live. And if there's any hope of saving them, well, we've got to act now. So, I mean, this doesn't uh, honestly this isn't focused entirely just on YouTube, even though it's one of the largest players of it, but it's social media in general and copyright in general. Hmm. Uh, and the internet in general. Actually, should I should I give a little bit of backstory for this as well? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um so you watched Wolf of Wall Street right Yeah so do you remember the company that that Jordan Belford made Stratton Oakmont yeah Yeah so Stratton Oakmont basically in the 90s or some some somewhere in the 90s or somewhere in the early 2000s basically uh filed a lawsuit against this one guy who and and they had the copyright to something which he posted on a platform okay the platform is relevant i just wanted to stay stratton oakmont cuz you know <laughs> just just for cuz wolf of wall street so stratton oakmont sued a company because one of the users posted something on that platform and this was in the early internet ages i don't think forums itself were just developing and things like mm. that forget like facebook myspace and friendster and all of those like coming but it was something like a facebook like imagine the facebook for the 90s right so he posted an yeah. image or something which was um which had some problem with copyright and then this guy basically took it to the supreme court now the supreme court basically se- uh, created um something called section 230 and all of this is in the us by the way section 230 is basically two things it's very simple it is if anybody posts something which is which has some intellectual property issues on a platform the platform is not held responsible for it it's that simple if hmm. you post some copyrighted film or music video on youtube or on facebook or on any platform youtube is not held responsible for it that's that's the first one and it's literally written like this huh? it's one of the most simplest articles or sections that you could find the hmm. second thing it said was even if the company in good faith removes that kind of content they will still not be held responsible hmm. and this is basically all of section 230 and then this went to another international board and a lot of other countries started like applying the same principles to their constitution hmm. and this eventually was started to be called safe harbor which is the platform is not responsible if their users put up something which on their platform which has intellectual property but they are they are responsible to get it taken down if the claim is made no even if they do i mean even if they take it down ah, okay 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 they are not held responsible ha, 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 ha. basically right so 
um and this this is basically the foundation of the internet because otherwise none of these platforms would exist right yeah. and which is why when mark zuckerberg went in front of capitol hill and not in front of capitol hill in front of the senate hmm. right he made it very clear that facebook is not a media company right they are not publishers youtube is not pub- a publisher facebook yeah. is not a publisher twitter is not a publisher right there verge is a publisher yeah hindustan times is a publisher but those guys are not those guys are platforms why so that they can lie behind the section 230 this, mm. this is why even when hindustan times puts up an article and then they have a comment section and if someone comments in that section right which has uh um has problems with intellectual property hmm their section 230 also comes into play hmm so basically the eu started the european union started to recognize this and then is intentionally trying to change this and then trying to basically put the blame on and keep the platforms responsible for all of this yeah. so which is a problem because this is revolutionary man this is like i feel like with the internet mm-hmm. and with like wide use of the internet and the availability of platforms like youtube in specific or streaming so because it's it's all i i think the way i see it it's all been like a jumble because in the earlier days let's say the days before the internet fair use and copyright wasn't that big of an issue because it was quite difficult for you to use something that is copyrighted and then yeah. distribute it to a large enough audience for you to get into trouble but yeah. now anyone i can download anything and put it on anything and just conveniently upload it and it's just basically much easier so where the record companies and corporations that ha- have held the rights for stuff that's icon- as iconic as you know like a beatles song it it's been like a long time coming because ever since the internet came about initially in the initial period the companies that had the rights to certain things that were widely used everywhere felt kind of like betrayed because it's so easy for anyone to use copyrighted information or copyrighted things at their disposal that mm. now i feel like this is their attempt to get back at the world you know like because like like record labels for example they have they, they've had like the worst time ever since the internet has come about man like yeah. it's so hard for them to make money and to like because if i make a cover of a song if i if i essentially before this if i if i would have used a song in an appropriate way or if i'm using it i i'm either innovating on the song itself so it's like i'm making a cover of it or i don't think there's any other way for you to use a song and for it to be fair like if you're using it like for the soundtrack of a movie or like the just the soundtrack of your video it doesn't really that's not really fair use but even with images like paintings <laughs> you know like it it, it it's going to change the way everything works man if it if it's passed and i feel like the definition of fair use like the video that we watched hmm what what, what i think what that that specific part the definition is what matters the most i don't yeah. think any of the creators like i think there was a colin and samir video and the film theorist video which matt pat has made they are all for uh fair use they they don't want to betray people who people who hold licenses for things that hold value they are for the people who hold the rights to these specific things but they just it's just the definition exactly in legal uh, language what is fair use what constitutes for fair use and how do we make sure that there is because if you if it's going to get past in its current wording it's going to change the way the entire planet is going to consume content on the internet like there's literally no part of the internet that would not be affected so there's a video made by the film theorists um about this topic and matpat goes very very in depth about exactly what article 13 actually means and why this is such a huge problem 
and what the EU is going to do and all of that together. But also, I just wanted to like say, state that the definition of fair use was intentionally made to be very hazy. Hmm. And In a time like, before the internet. Yeah, because uh, have you seen that other video, Everything is a Remix? Because it no. literally every form of art is a remix. You get inspired by everything that around you, and then that's how you you make you you Man, can never make something that's actually original, right? I feel, I feel like it's like matter almost. Matter is never created or destroyed, like yeah, or you, you, energy is never created or destroyed. Like it just has yeah. to come from somewhere else, you know. Like yeah, so uh, I, same thing with an idea, right? Like you can't have an idea which is totally one hundred percent original, and that's not just the internet. That's the world <laughs> all of creation itself. like every creative thing that anybody has ever made if all of there art, is, all of music if there is nothing there will be nothing yeah <laughs> like. basically but the other thing is that i mean what the european do- union is doing to these platforms using article 13 it doesn't matter what's the definition of fair use hmm. it matters that the platforms are not held responsible it's because because even though i mean fair use is reasonably structured hmm. maybe not in the u.s but in other places as well it, it, it is a little bit structured but it doesn't matter because the platforms are not held responsible for something like that right but now if the platforms are held responsible for it they're just going to be assholes and then just be scared of every content that's going up and then they will not showcase any content from there unless it is 100 you know original which is made by you know these multinational corporations and these hmm. huge production companies i i'm just i'm just imagining like a dystopian future where this rule passes and just like security with which is what happened with what what is it called gdpr i think yeah yeah gdpr it's going to ripple into every part of the internet globally um i mean so my like view of this is that this is going to seriously hurt a lot of creators and there's going to basically be a bubble for Europe. No. But unlike GDPR. Isn't that not the case though? No, no, no. But unlike GDPR, this is not going to be... I honestly don't think this is going to be a universal thing. You're saying so that other, other countries a, will not adopt it like how they adopted GDPR? Hmm. Yeah. So uh, just some context to this, right? So the GDPR um, for the listeners... If I think five, six months back, if you got a torrent of, you know, emails saying that we have changed our terms of services. And now if you go to any website and then you, any new website, and then you see, it says, we are using cookies, please click OK. Or there's a cross button that you have to like, like, so that you can remove that comment. That is because of the GDPR. That's the law mm. that basically the EU did after the whole um, Cambridge Analytica issue happened with Facebook and all of that. Right? That was that was the EU's response to all of this, which is that you have the right to remove your data from any platform, and they will make sure that they they don't showcase it that easily. But you can on all platforms from Google, from Facebook. There's a lot of articles which showcase if you want to remove your data from Facebook, you can do it. And they are legally like obligated. Yeah, obligated to do it. But unlike GDPR, I don't <clears> think <throat> this is going to be an. Uh, this is going to um, ripple um, into the rest of the world. You know, the, uh, no platform is going to generalize and do this for uh, mm. like content all across the world. Man, because YouTube, you, YouTube will be dead. Just hypothetically, yeah. if we, if Forget we take YouTube. the example, you all, yeah, all yeah, yeah. platforms. Every platform, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Reddit, TikTok, um, Vine, Vine is dead. Man, what, um, so let me give you an example. Let me give you an example, okay? Let's say I, let's say this thing passes, okay? It passes globally. We're living in like a dystopian future. Let's say I am using a reference image. So let's say I'm using a, like I'm watching Blade Runner, okay? And I pause the movie. And I'm mm. using that frame as a reference for an illustration that I'm doing. And I mm. record myself like it's like a time lapse of me making the illustration to completion. Mm. And then I upload that onto my Instagram. Would that still not be fair use? Like because it's like a very good drawing of the actual movie. But like it's still not like a direct because I've created the image. But. That does, but that's my point. It doesn't matter. 
it doesn't matter what's the definition of fair use hmm. at that point of time because it caters, to, point it of caters time, to the company's interest essentially yeah no 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 at that point of time instagram is going to be so shit scared that if you had a point zero if there was a point zero 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 one percent chance that your video could violate the terms and conditions of the of article 13 or whatever right they will just remove it hmm. right and in that sense all content has that small percentage by the way there was there was some video there was some guy who posted 10 hours of white noise on youtube <laughs> you know what happened youtube basically demonetized it because it was under copyright because their algorithm thought oh yeah it's uh, he's taken it from this song obviously he hadn't because he put white noise he generated white noise and put it hmm but then these guys are using algorithms to do it so yeah back to which i feel like this is just going to create a huge bubble around europe because um take for that matter have you ever seen on youtube when you click on a video and it just suddenly says with this, that this like video, with the huh? youtube square uh, and an emoticon inside yeah, it yeah. with that like slanted face saying that this video isn't available for your country hmm so they do have the system in place no right? and that's not not just for europe i think for many countries where yeah they... for many many countries germany especially apparently is, is really really bad at this like they just don't allow a lot of videos hmm. um so they have the system in place and susan wachitsky who's the ceo of youtube basically said that no we are not going to harm all of youtube we are just going to fuck europe up like <laughs> we're just going to create a, a bubble around it and and i can i can totally i'm totally picturing like protests are happening in like the eu because, of course man, man it's a fucking continent i mean it's almost like a continent like it is a continent man <laughs> I mean I I was just only saying because like Brexit and stuff so like Britain is in like included but like yeah it's basically a continent and fuck man there will be protests there will be like there will be public outrage to another level only man like yeah for sure but speaking of dystopian futures this is a video I I it totally just crossed my mind now, this isn't a video about um article 13 or explaining it right but it's just a story that could just eventually happen wait i'm going to i'm going to share this to you it's a video by tom scott i love that guy um but he's just oh man it's it's so it's it's so funny and so scary at the same time <laughs> you want me to watch it yeah watch it this is a youtube video from a future not the future just a future Over the last week of December 2028, the world forgot about a century of pop culture. We forgot everything the Beatles ever sang, everything J.K. Rowling ever wrote, every movie George Lucas ever shot. We know the names of these people, we know they were famous, we may remember being fans of their work, but over a few days, humanity forgot everything that they made. You've probably never wondered why and never found it strange, but the reason is earworm. Bro, what the fuck, man? <laughs> I feel like I have to watch that a couple of times to like just absorb all of the information like shit. I think we should talk about this in the next episode. <laughs> that I think that's a really good idea, bro, and you did that so so well. I I I we, I mean, I feel like everybody whoever is what like ever going to listen to this needs to watch that. think about that for a bit <laughs> yeah. like, because we need to also to this discussion yeah like i watched it a few times it's still bugging my head <laughs> yeah. if you like this episode of substation please rate us on itunes that's the best way for us to gain traction you can also subscribe to our youtube channel and follow us on instagram if you'd like to give us feedback or would like to recommend a youtube video you can follow us on an app called anchor and send us a recording from the app which we could add to our next show you can also leave us a comment on our youtube channel as well as messages or comment on instagram all the links will be in the show notes thanks for listening guys <laughs>